Behind the Bars podcast. Over the next several years, we will be exploring the minds of some of the most diabolical people who have ever walked this earth. We will be looking in depth at some of those notorious, brutal crimes that have occurred worldwide and the people that they have affected. If you are squeamish or easily disturbed, this is your warning to turn off this podcast as it will not be for you. The interviews you hear here will be uncensored, unaltered recordings from very real people. Murder, rape, cannibalism, and many other horrifying crimes just begin to scratch the surface of what you will hear about here. We will bring you many exclusive interviews with not only the criminal masterminds themselves, families, attorneys, and almost victims. Along with those who will be locked up for the rest of eternity, we will explore areas of the paranormal, interviewing those who have been plagued with entities that are of this world and beyond. Welcome to Behind the Bars. We hope you enjoy. This week on Behind the Bars Podcast, we bring you part two with Dr. Helen Morrison, forensic psychiatrist, serial murderer expert, and child psychiatrist. Dr. Morrison has spent time with some of the world's most notorious serial killers, such John Wayne Gacy, Richard Masick, and Ed Gein. We hope you enjoy. Anyway, so what he did was he talked. He just talked and talked and talked. Uh, He talked about nonsensical things like um, you know, he, all, all of his political, uh, what, what you call it, activities, I suppose. Um, he talked about people he'd met and people he'd known through the years. And it, it's just a verbal barrage of words. Now, I know you said, uh, you didn't go, you went in. I don't want to say not saying he's a serial killer, but how much work did you do before you saw him? I mean, did you look at your case files or anything, or was it just None. you wanted to go None. in and see what you felt? I from go, it? I go in completely. No, I don't know anything about them. Well, him, I had to know something about because his lawyer told me a little bit about him, but he didn't tell me everything about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you, if you go in with a sense of exploration um, then you have no agenda you just want to find out all you can about this person that's yeah that's the exact approach I do when I interview these people you know I can't say whether they're guilty innocent nothing you know I want them to tell their story and Mm -hmm. you know if it lines up awesome if not well you know there's another story here yep yep but, you know, the, since the serial killer is, is just waiting for people to listen to them, uh, it, it's like you have to sort of sit there and be a vessel. 
Yes. Is there any point you feel, you know, you kind of have to cut them off and, you know, it's done. Oh, You're yeah. not listening anymore. Is it, you know, obviously Gacy, I know you spent hundreds of hours with him, you know. Was there any point where you just wanted to cut it off and, you know, I'm done? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I, um, <laughs> I know it's kind of your job, no. so you can't just be, you know, oh, nope, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I set a number of hours and then I go at the end of those hours and that's how it just ends up that way. But um, I don't ever want to interrupt them in the sense of, let them think that they are in charge. Let them think that they are the be-all and end-all of any person in the world. And then you'll get get, get get along fine with them. Yeah. I'll say most of them that I've talked to, they've been extremely accommodating, which... Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, it's... I didn't expect it. I expected them to be, you know, these rough people, you know, just grumpy and... No, they're, mm. they're some of the nicest people I've dealt with, which is... They're charming. Yeah. They're charming. Very, and you always and have to, you know, you... kind of keep it in your mind. It's like, okay, you know, I know what you did. I, I don't want to fall for this charm. It's yes, but I'll I'll revel in it because it's it's such a picture of you uh, that I that most people would not believe it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said I've had some that you know, like I don't. Like I said I'm trying not to say a ton of names. I've done. They're great, and I've had others where you know, obviously I send them a first letter. And mm -hmm. I get back, you know, a page of cuss words because me, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not talking to you. But it's just, <laughs> it's crazy how different it is. You know, you open this, like, okay, you know, they took time to write me back. And the last one really all it said is, fuck you. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not writing you. <laughs> so it's crazy how different, like I said, you know, one will send me case files and one tells me to piss off and he doesn't want to talk to me. It's, it's, it's funny. It I've never had. I've never had one refuse to talk. I've had a few, not a ton, but a few of them. Like, uh, I had an interview with uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, and then I don't uh -huh. know what happened. The next day, she revoked it. Yeah. And then, well, like, a week that's... later, she was on Dr. Phil, and I, I have a feeling that may have played a part in it, but, you know. Yeah. It, it's up to her. I mean, I, I can't force her to do an interview. It's just... <laughs> Well, what are you doing these interviews for anyway? Um, well, are you I, writing a book? Um, eventually, I want to. That's that's uh -huh. kind of my uh, my long term thing. A lot of these people, I have permission from to uh, post their letters and whatnot to show you know letters from the beginning to the end. I want their yes. stories to be out there. There's a lot of them, like you said. There's a lot of people, even in Illinois, that have been wrongfully convicted. You know, yeah. even if, you know, by the end I only get, you know, only help one person, you know what, it's still one person. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that in the history, yep. I, I've helped with tours up at Joliet Correctional now that it's, they're, they're trying to get it back to a tourist attraction, which is a long process because I mean, it's sat empty for yeah, I know. almost 20 <laughs> years. So that kind of got me into it. You know, obviously I got to see all this, I've been in every square inch of that prison, so I've seen where, you know. Everybody was held, you know, yep. DC Cell and Henry Brisbane and all these other people. So it's kind of cool to be able yep. to, you know, that like the Blues Brothers. I've been to those cells. <laughs> so I've been, it was kind of a really cool yep. historical thing. And I got talking to, there was a guard out there that was actually, he worked there years ago. And then we got talking and did an interview. So it just kind of, kind of snowballed from there. I've always been shooting photography of 
I mean, prisons, jails, old hospitals. Yep. yep. So it just all kind of, kind of just snowballed, and here we are. <laughs> Sounds fascinating. Yeah. And you said uh, Casey was held up at Cermak, but he wasn't sick. Why were they holding him right. there versus somewhere else? They, he, he was isolated up there. Was it? I didn't yeah, know what. Yeah, it was know. in a, in a single, they... single room. There weren't people who were running around and coming in and out. Um, it was very secure. So what would be the difference between like that and, you know, keeping somebody in solitary? Is it, is one better well, for the I, person or, I, like I said, I've never been there, I, so I, I don't know anything. Here. Well, solitary is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where they'll lock down 23 hours a day and, you know, they get one hour exercise if they're lucky. Um, and most people go psychotic in, in those kinds of settings. But um, in this setting, it was more of a more of an open kind of place where they had different they had separate rooms, and they could you know they could monitor these people very well. And they had to they had some they had to do something to keep him isolated from press from oh it, it was just terrible i bet that was like i said that was a a huge thing i'm sure the media was ridiculous uh, on that one they, they were they were so how did you initially get involved with that is that something the attorney wanted or is that something gacy wanted no what happened was the chicago tribune did a, a i don't know what you would call it a focus on me um, some weeks before. And it, it, I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. And Sam Amarante saw this and called. Did you ever, I mean, hesitate going to see him? Or were you, I mean, got to call it, okay, let's, you know, let's do this. Um, oh, I, I, I wasn't hesitant and I wasn't overjoyed. It was just a case. Yeah, that's that's the best way to keep it. Yep. Um, obviously, I know you've been to, I mean, all these prisons, hospitals. Is there anyone that you didn't like going to? I know, obviously, I mean, you're in forensic psychiatry, so you're, you, that's your, Texas. kind of your home. Death row, death row in Texas. Now, why is that? Well... Texas is a very special state, and the people down there, especially the correctional people, are a bit sadistic, more sadistic than most people are. And I remember getting there. I went to, you know, I had to go through security and all that other stuff. And um, I was shown to a room where I could examine this person. Could I, I could talk with him and meet with him. And it it was... It was a very isolated wing, so there weren't a lot of people there. But what the guard did when he let the person I was examining in, and I was in the room by myself, he locked the door on it. Well, I didn't expect that. (laughs) (laughs) No. And fortunately, knowing that these guys have never really attempted anything I was really in control of myself because I was really I was I was flabbergasted 
Yeah, if I, they I mean, that's, locked me up. That's insane. You know, if they had a couple guards mm-hmm. in there and locked the door, okay, but no, no, not leaving somebody they alone, didn't. you know, with somebody who could be, I mean, a mass murderer, serial killer. That's, that's you ridiculous. don't do that. No. <laughs> I mean, I deal with, I work with, I mean, psychiatric patients and drug addicted patients and this and that, and I wouldn't lock, I don't even care if it's a visitor. I would never lock them in a room alone. That's just, that's <laughs> dumb. Because <laughs> they need, yep. I mean, you got to realize, these people can flip over nothing. It could be, you know, they were your hair out the, of place. The, yeah, it, you know, your hair's <laughs> out of place, and now they're going to attack you. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Um, Where do you do your psychiatric stuff? Uh, I actually, I don't want to give the name of the hospital. It's We okay. don't have a psych, a psychiatric ward, but we process yeah. them and send them to all these oh, places. Geez. But, I mean, we can hold them for, they can be there an hour, they can be there a week, they can be there a month. It's Yeah. And, you know, when you're locked okay. in, you know, this empty room yep. for days, it's it gets, it gets old for them. <laughs> And I feel for him, but I mean, it. most of these psychiatric places we can send to are full. And that's just, yes. it's it's a huge problem right now. And it's it's not getting any better because they're not really the monetary return. So people don't want to, you know, build these huge places and get no money from it. It's been over 30 years that they decided that what they would do would close the main hospitals mm-hmm. like, you know, like Tinley and so forth and so on. But in in Madison, they closed Mendota Hospital, which was a long-term... Some of the people have been there for 30 or 40 years. Oh, wow. And they decided that these people needed to have their freedom. What they didn't think of was what was it going to mean in the long run. There's no place for people to who are ill or who need care so they're all in the streets now. Yep, I know. I mean, like Tinley Park, it's sitting there decaying. They've they won't let anyone yep. in. They the town's just been arguing with what to do with it. And I mean, by the yep. time they actually do something with it, it's going to be too late. That's right. And I think that most people are saying that that was a mistaken experiment. Yeah, I could, I could see that. That's I even know with some of the. Not hospitals, but I know some of the prisons. Like we have one down by me in uh, Dwight, Illinois. It was uh-huh. it was one of the only female prisons, and they closed it. And same with Joliet; it's just sitting there empty now, and it's yep. It falls apart with you're not doing maintenance. It falls apart so quickly. I mean, they yeah, had, it they does. had cell blocks and stuff they never even used. They built this brand new huge cell house, oh, and now it's just falling apart. It's like, okay, we spent yep. know, probably millions on this, and we're just going to let it sit there? And then yep. we have, you know, at every other prison, it's overcrowded. So it's like, okay, you know, we have these places. Let's let's do something with them. Yeah. I don't think, we, I don't think we've ever really taken care of our psychiatric patients the way no. they needed to be. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure, Mendota, Mendota was long-term, but Mendota was like a city. It had cows, it had gardens, it had a where it had um, a florist place. It had it had everything. A lot it of was a self-contained city. I went down to uh, Bartonville. They used to have the Peoria State Hospital back in like the mid 1900s. They closed in like 73. Uh, yeah. 
But I mean, yeah. that was another one. I mean, they had a zoo at one point in there. I mean, yeah. it, it's crazy. And now you see some of these psychiatric places. And I mean, I wouldn't want to send my cat or dog there, let alone a person. It's it's a shame. It I really know. is. You know, I see people yeah. like clockwork. I've seen people every week. It's the same person. We go through the same process. It's just, you know, they'll be up there a day or two and they cut them loose. And it's not, not fixing anything. Yep. Uh, back to... A little bit about Gacy here. Uh, did you ever think any of his appeals were ever going to work, or was that kind of just they had such a case against him there was no chance? Any of the what? Any of the – I know he did a bunch of appeals. I mean – Oh, yeah. Well, did, geez. <laughs> They're still appealing on, on one case. It's been appealing for something like 15 years. Wait, with, with his case? No, not with oh, his. Oh, I thought meant his. I'm like, okay, had, he's been dead for a long time. Yeah, yeah he had like six six years of appeals or seven years of appeals. Wow. That is, I didn't know that long. Oh, um, they. Go ahead. No, the the appeal process is part of the legal system's. Oh, I don't know, overkill. Mm-hmm. To use a bad word. Um, because they don't, they find a nitpicky little thing and they will do an appeal about it and they'll do all sorts of investigations and nothing changes. Yep. And then, you know, in each thing they'll do, oh, we're going to continue it a month. Oh, we're going to continue another month. And it just, like you said, it it takes forever and nothing changes. That's. Yep, that's right. You know, if somebody has damning evidence, they'll change something. Absolutely, but you know, if it's something that's, that's not a viable, yeah, if it's not a viable thing, we're wasting resources. Well, look at the kid who was convicted because somebody who was blind witnessed him. <laughs> I I don't even know what to say to that one. Yeah, it's it's now a current case. It just came up last by the last two weeks or so but one of the only i the only eyewitness to what happened fingered this kid and said he was the one who who shot this person well the guy has 20 percent of his of his sight that's all i yeah that's not a viable you know that's like me taking my glasses off to pick somebody i'm never going to be able to do it yep yep that's, yep. I haven't heard of that one. I'm going to have to look that one up, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you expect the death penalty for Gacy? I mean, obviously, they kind of had, like yes. I said, they had a slam dunk case against him. I mean, 30, was it oh, 33, oh, 34 yeah. people? That's, no, there's no way you can lie your way out of that one. There was no doubt. No doubt. Did you have the option to be at the execution? Yes. Did you? Can I ask no, why? I no, was, go ahead. Why? I was at the hotel. I knew I was going to do the autopsy. I didn't need to see him uh, go through that process. And I figured, why not? I've, I've done my job. Now I can go do the autopsy, and that, that'll be it. I feel, I mean, that's a, it's a good closing. I mean, at that point, it's done. There's not really... There's literally nothing more you can do at that point. I mean, it's... No, no. So that's... Uh, Not at all. I feel, I mean, that's that's a fantastic way to handle it. Uh, 
did you talk with him the day of his execution? The, the, uh, I lost you there for Sorry a minute. What that. happened? Uh, did you talk to him the day of his execution? Oh, I didn't. No? <clears throat> no. Nope. Now, the day, did you talk to him, I mean, relatively close to it, or? Yeah, but it's the same same old stuff. He's always bullshitting his way through something or other. He's trying to sell something of his paintings, or he's trying to manipulate his income so that uh, they didn't, people didn't get it, but somebody else did. I mean, he was just not, he was really not worth it. Yeah. Now, I know in looking you up, you ended up with Gacy's brain. Now, how did this, yep. how did this happen? Because that's, I mean, that's a, that's an absolute <laughs> bizarre thing. <laughs> well, as I said, I was at the uh, was at the autopsy, and I helped to remove it, put it in uh, the container for the pathologist to take to Chicago. I'd already had permission to take the brain, and I picked it up from him uh, as, as 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 just what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that I my theory was correct. That there wasn't anything that was gross. There was no tumor. There was no back, massive hemorrhage. There was no nothing that could have led him to do this. Because I still feel that we have to do the living brain in order to find out why these people do this. I agree. That's something that I would support that 100% because, you know, mm -hmm. a live brain and a dead brain, you're gonna, it's going to be very, very different test results. I mean, yes. once it dies, oh, it's yeah. died. You can't, you, know, die. you can't see <laughs> yeah. the changes. That's, yep. Yeah. Um, I know you probably can't answer this one. There is kind of a discrepancy on what happened to his body. Some people say he's cremated. Oh. Some people says he's buried. <laughs> they, yeah. I don't know what happened to it. No. No. Yeah, that's, I know a bunch of people, you know, no matter what you look up, it keeps going back and forth. And I was like, okay, well, it's somewhere. His sister is the only person who knows. That's, that's what I figured. And she's in what? She's in Arkansas now, or I know she's in some, yeah, some she's other someplace state somewhere. Some, yeah, changed her name and everything else. Yeah, I, I tracked her down. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, it's, it's amazing what you can find on the internet. It just takes a lot of time to go through everything. <laughs> I haven't so, I haven't reached out to her yet, but I I got the information at least. Oh wow. Yeah, I I don't know if I really want to uh I don't really want to put her through anything anymore, so I, I feel bad contacting well, her, you know, so it's one of those weird iffy things. Yeah, well I talked to her. I I did interview her. Um, that, that at the time that we were starting to make a case for or against him, um, and she was a very normal, normal person. Was she? What can I say? Now it, it's kind of weird that you know you can have these two siblings and one turns yes. out to be a serial killer and one turns out normal. I mean that's. Yep, that's right. I'm. I almost wonder there's some genetic thing behind it that yes that changes this yeah. i mean that's 
Because otherwise, I mean, same mother, same father. It's it's incredible that mm-hmm. they can come out that different. Yes, absolutely. Every child, every child that's different that's born into a family, whether it's the same mother or father, because there are other influences that occur, whether they're environmental influences or prenatal influences or whatever. Yeah, that's definitely, I guess, kind of common sense, yeah, now that I think of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I know Gacy kept meticulous logs of, you know, daily life. I don't know where they are. No? Did you ever get to read anything of those? Did I read them? Yeah. Yeah, some of them he had in in his possession, but I never saw them after he died. No. I know that's that's another thing everyone's been you know, Well, what happened to him? It's like, well, well, they're somewhere. I think that's, his his lawyers probably got them. Probably that was. I figured that or the court or somebody has them. No, it it have to be. They they may have introduced them into some evidence. Not very many of them, but I think that it had to be someone outside of him that took them. Yeah. They're holding holding them for ransom. Yeah. Uh, you've interviewed all these people. Is there anyone that's made you nervous, uncomfortable? I know that one, obviously, being locked in a room with them is... I wouldn't really say they made you nervous, <laughs> oh. but it was more of the, you know, the lack of common sense on that one. <laughs> no, I think it was... Um, who, really, who really scared me? I don't think anybody did. No. Um, and No, I don't think so. The one person who made an impression on me was the guy in um, who kept this person a prisoner and experimented on him. Mm-hmm. That was the only person I really was intri- well not I don't know. He's the only person who made a, a serious impression on me. And what was your impression of him? I mean, was that just? I mean, was he? pure evil, you know, what What was your impression of him? Well, he was a scientist. Was he? Yeah. He wasn't in real life, but he decided he would do these experiments to see how people would react. He was curious. It was like a child who's pulling the legs off a daddy long legs spider what? to see what would happen to him. That's a very, very good analogy. Uh-huh. Uh, now, when it comes to these killers, obviously, you know, they can't connect with or can't separate from their mother. Are these people capable of any compassion and empathy, well, or are they, is that completely out the way? I know, ca- I know like Gacy and a bunch of I mean, interviews and whatnot, they say he took his father's death really hard. He was, you know, super emotional. Oh, I mean, was it all kind of a farce and, you know, he just wanted to put on the show or was he capable of anything? First of all, when you talk about separating from the mother, we're not talking about a physical separation. Mm-hmm. We're talking about psychological separations. Yes. Okay. And that's a very different feeling that the separation of the 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 brain structure or the the psychological structure is really what's common in all of them. All right. 
so they become a separate sort of person from the mother. They separate from mother very well, but they don't psychologically, they don't get that separation that enables them to be a complete human being. So with them not being able to be the complete human being, are they capable of, you know, having feelings or empathy or is it kind of dependent? Well, they don't have that. (laughs) They are, they are marvelous actors. That's, that's kind of what I I figured with this one. That was kind of, you know, a couple interviews said, oh, he took his father's death part. It's like, okay, you know, was this an act? Yeah, not an act. It's, Yep, without any affect, without any affect at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've seen interviews he, with him towards the end of his life, and he was, I mean, this happy, charismatic guy, and it's like, okay, you're about to die. This is yeah. very bizarre. It, it, does, it doesn't mean anything to them. Mm-hmm. I know some of them I've interviewed, they say, you know, oh, you're going to die, and they're like, no, I'm not. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you are, and they think that, you know, <laughs> They're never going to die. And it's like, okay, this is... I know. It's it's strange, but yep. I mean, obviously, mentally, they are so far from us that it's it's unreal. They are. They are. They're so, so different, and they're yeah. not human. No, they really aren't. I mean, they're, they're pretty much like the shell of a human. You know, the body's there, and the mind's just this right. complete different thing. Yep. Yep. Now, I know that uh, I saw an interview with Jeff Rignall, who was an almost Gacy victim. Oh, yeah. I know Jeff was yeah. open to meeting Gacy. Did he ever meet Gacy again? No. No? Because so I know he had a no. book I read, a, you know, just a portion of. Yeah. I know yeah. he wanted to. I didn't know if he ever ever managed to again or not. No, he never, he never did. I think he wanted some closure, but I think he never would have gotten it anyway, even if he had met him. No. No. Is that simply because, I mean, Casey just, like I said, he just didn't care. I mean, he had the had an ability yeah. to care. Yep, yep. Awesome. Uh, I know that, did you interview Gary Ridge, uh, Ridgeway at all, or was that one that you wanted to and didn't get to? I wanted to and didn't get to, but I had, I had been uh, invited up to Seattle to meet with a reporter who was trying to figure out who the serial killer was. And uh, we talked about who he probably was. I met his daughter, but I didn't meet him. His daughter, I've been working on getting a hold of his her. Da- she is, I, mean, she, I mean, she's done a book and a ton of interviews. So, I mean, she's been very open about it, but I know her. Yeah. Her dad isn't as much of a, uh, he's kind of a recluse. He doesn't, I sent him a letter, I don't know, a month ago, and all I got back was a bunch of religious pamphlets and saying that I need to find Jesus. <laughs> and I just, you know, I get this big envelope, and it's like, okay, you wrote me a multi-page thing. Nope, just all all pamphlets about Jesus. And supposedly, yeah, he, he according has... to his letter, that supposedly he's sick and not doing well, so I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. I mean, you go online, you can't find anything about it. So it's kind of, yeah. if you wouldn't say well, it, I, I wouldn't have known that, it. Yeah, I think that um, the daughter asked me one question when I talked to her. She said, is this genetic? Are my kids going to be this? And I said, no. There's nothing 
genetic in the sense of passage of behaviors. Now, have you ever came across a case that it was a multi-generation thing that they were all, you know, I don't really want to say evil, but, you know, they all committed crimes like this? Have you ever come across a scenario like that? No, no. nothing. Nothing at all. That's right. And like you pointed out, when when you when you interviewed these people, you saw that they had normal siblings. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said, it's bizarre. It's like you know, flipping a light switch. It's yep, like you yep, said, there's no yep. there's no explanation to it because you know, if we can't study no. these brains and stuff when they're alive, it's there's there's no mm-hmm. way to ever figure it out. Yep. Which is a. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to stop pretty soon, but that I've, is. I've got I actually only have one more question, and so that works perfect. Yeah. Um, have you been following the case in Chicago at all, where they think they have another serial killer on the loose? Yeah, with the fifty women. Yeah. Yeah, I have been. Do you think there's any viability to this, or is it just you know there's millions of people there? It's <laughs> just fifty women. I mean, it's. I don't want to put it cold like that, but I mean, obviously, I mean Chicago's there semi-dangerous may be something depending to it, where you go. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a long time before they figure out, unless they have some proof that somebody did this did this for a, you know a serial killer. Fifty women? No, no, I don't believe it. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I've been looking into it. It's just like, yeah, you know, fifty people, yeah, fifty women, okay, but it's just, it's so scattered. It's, it's like throwing a yeah. dart at a map. Yeah. It's, it's... Yeah, you know, one of the things about a serial killer is his victims are all alike. Yes, you know, I, I've you, noticed you put, that. It, yeah, you put pictures up, and it's like, oh my gosh, they could be related, um, but it doesn't have anything to do with these. 50 or so women, they've got all ages, all sexes, all, all sexes, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> they've got all ages, all kind of economic backgrounds, all kinds of legal backgrounds, educational backgrounds. So I, I would hesitate to say that there is a serial killer. He may, there may be some, but yeah. not all of them. I can, I can definitely agree with that. Well, I know you have to go, so I, I really, really appreciate you coming on. This has been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I hope it's been helpful. I absolutely. I mean, I'm sure I'll. I'm sure I'll have more questions eventually. I mean, you're you're a fountain of knowledge. Well, it's, don't, it's been fantastic. Don't hesitate to get in touch with me again. Absolutely, okay? I will. All right. <laughs> Thank you very have much. Have a good one, Helen. As always, I want to give credit where credit is due. I would not be doing this if it were not for the help of a few friends and colleagues. All the information will also be included down in the show notes of today's episode. A huge thank you to Kay. Kay has allowed me to pester her over and over again with different questions and concerns with came producing this podcast. Kay is an extremely talented artist with experience in the music, film, and podcast industries all over the world. Kay also visits, explores, and documents abandoned places just like I do over on Abandoned Whereabouts. You can check out her work at www.justtheletterk.com as well as www.youtube.com slash user slash justtheletterk. Like the music for this podcast? Check out Alex Duquette Music. 
Alex is a lifelong friend who is always producing, writing, and sharing music all over the United States. Need something written for your business or podcast? Hit him up. You can find him over at www.youtube.com slash user slash Alex Duquette Music or contact him via email at alexduquettemusic at gmail.com.